Hello and welcome to the temporarily unbundled FVS. My name is Dave. I like pints, dim sims, and talking about football. Our erstwhile host, Jason, he's off this week managing his newly arrived twins. This means the Slavic Brotherhood of uh, Buds and Dave are here with you this week. Buds, the man of the people, mate. FVS was successful on last week's episode. We made sure horses didn't happen on the weekend the cancel daryl campaign worked how are you brother i'm awesome mate i'm awesome um it was so 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 good to be back it's so 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 good to be back again and i challenge you that jason will miss more than one way jason jason's uh jason has a, a melbourne victory style injury here uh it should be for <laughs> it should be for one week but I, I think we may see it for four or five He's a busy man. He's a very busy man now, and his wife yeah. is even busier. Um, Absolutely, but I, I don't know, man. Like, is it a, a little bit soft of Jace to miss this week and potentially more? His missus does, after all, have two boobs. She should be able to handle this, twins. I mean, maybe Brock's, you know, with the triplets and his missus have a legit out for getting out of things, you know, because life isn't total recall. There are no three-boobed women. Um, what do you think, mate? <laughs> Uh, that's um that is um that's some of Borderline your best offensive. that's some of your best work off the top mate I'm I'm sure you never rehearsed that one line oh, at all no. not at all mate not at all look this show this show is bigger than an Anthony Creer fart in the dugout but it's going to be you know loud but you know silent but not so deadly hopefully or deadly but silent but uh, look we've got so much to get through. There's a big new Patreon announcement that I'll get to shortly, uh, but importantly, we're going to get the microscope out. We're going to examine the opening game of the season. There's so much to unpack with that game and its fallout. We'll then take a close look at the A-League independence decision, which was finally sorted out uh, just a few days ago, uh, and I guess coming out of that also the Newcastle Jets and their ownership issues. Uh, we'll cast our eye over the rest of the league, talk about the surprising form of a couple of teams and the emergence of youth across the board. Uh, and look, then we'll close it out with a quick chat about our game with Brisbane Raw on Sunday. Yes, uh, you heard that correctly. We're playing the Raw again this week. And that's, uh, if you didn't know, that's because of the COVID issues confronting New South Wales and the subse subsequent uh, fixture rejig so look um, before we rip into it properly though a reminder about our patreon support so this is a way for you to support us so that we can keep putting out content look what people probably don't know is that it helps us pay for the bills there's hosting of the website the podcast uh, and of course the forum and and look uh, we've had some new uh, patreon additions this week i'd like to welcome to the patreon family daryl cruz uh, spelt with a C, so no relation to uh, the perennially injured Robbie. Uh, we'll see. And look, I want to call out Ryan Craig, who upped his pledge to 15 bucks, Mate, um, with, with that, you actually get to be a guest on the show, if that's something that you'd be keen on doing. Thank you for your generosity. Uh, but look, I mentioned the big Patreon announcement. Um, look, last season, uh, our listeners may recall, we awarded uh, an away trip to one lucky Patreon. This season, we're going to raise the bar even more. 
we're going to give away a PS5. It's now, the hottest. Uh, it's the. I got to interject here. It's the hottest commodity in Australia at the moment. I think maybe apart from a, a Rav4 hybrid, mate, that's got a twelve-month waiting list on it. Uh, the PS5. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, the PS5 is about as big as it gets, and if you don't get on the Patreon soon, you're going to miss out. Well, there you go. Uh, RAV4. Patreon. Uh, no, sorry. We're not giving away a RAV4. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> shit, that'd be nice to have a, a hybrid RAV4 and make you feel good uh, about uh, driving around. Look, uh there are terms of of course to this it's open to any new or existing patreon uh and you can be any tier you know even the one dollar tier um and you have to join up by jan 31 and we'll announce the winner at the end of february and you still have to be uh, holding on as a patreon at the time of the draw to win a reminder lastly as well before we get into the good stuff about our forums head over to for buck's sake proboards.com where you can interact with heaps of other bucks including ourselves music theme today it's actually selected by one of our five dollar patreons and that lucky individual this week is damien cox a longtime supporter of the pod thank you mate he's selected some good old-fashioned uk rock acts because i think because of the heavily uk like composition of our squad this season So let's get this thing started, shall we? Now, Buts, before I throw over to you and before we dive into the match, let's just take a moment to talk about pregame because for us lads, you know, for, for me, for you, for Jason, a lot of the people we associate with at the football, the football's really important. It's obviously the most important part, but the, the, pre-game, the pregame is just as important in many respects, you know. Uh, and for the record, I did smash well over five pints in the pregame, so anyone who took the overs in that bet last week would have cleaned up. No dimmies, though. Um, look, we, we, we love our pub pregame, the walk into Swan Street. And, gee, it felt good doing that for the first time in just about a year, Budza. Yeah, the weather was shit, um, but it didn't dampen anyone's uh, heightened levels of excitement, I dare say. It was unbelievable. Um, our crew got together. We had a really, really good... Um, and I think, um, you know, you've seen venues have to be nimble and have to cater in different ways and i thought the corner hotel was really good just as i was about to get off the train you messaged me and said the corner shut downstairs which was a bit of a um a downer but then uh, within a minute you let me know that they've uh, put an outdoor area in their car park next door which i thought was kitted out very very well for the day and um ample space table service anybody who doesn't like the old uh, qr code 
on the table and table service coming out to you uh, needs to uh, check themselves because I thought it was really well done there and a, a really yep. uh, awesome way to uh, just, uh, you know, not have to stop uh, chatting with your mates that you haven't seen for ages. We've got a large contingent that we haven't seen in quite a while and it was awesome and there was quite a lot of old heads around there because of the uh, unfortunate news of a North yeah. North members, uh, sorry, Northern Terrace members passing and they did an excellent TIFO pre-game. It was unbelievable. Um, yep. And uh, it was uh, all systems go beforehand. Um, how did you enjoy the COVID safe atmosphere of Amy Park? Because I made a prediction that they were going to balls it up. And uh, when we got up those stairs, there was one gate open and a shitload of people waiting in. But luckily, it was pretty efficient. Yeah, yeah, it, it was fine. And look, we, we filed in uh, fairly easily. I think that the the club or Amy Park or both, you know, worked out uh, a way to kind of have the crowds coming in in a trickle, not a flood, uh, you know, by having staggered entry times, which was good. And yeah, look, uh, you know, the beers were flowing. Uh, unfortunately, there was only Great Northern available. Uh, Great Northern Light, a, mate. A massive, a massive... Oh heartbreaking thing to have to deal with uh it was shit ass but uh, it tastes like lead after you've been yeah, drinking it, after fun. you've been drinking pale ales it's it's like lead um i did have one of the there was a you know the the old cider loophole wasn't in play because there was no cider there was no cider yeah so, no so i got one of the girls um i got one of the girls behind the bar to inspect one of the cans of cc and dry and they were uh mm. they were full strength but they're 12 bucks a pop so probably a little bit too much but um yeah, Damn look, it, if my, I knew that, I would have gone for it. My MO was not to have uh, any any amber liquid at the game because it just makes you feel sick and there's something about sporting event booze that just doesn't sit well in my stomach. And I uh, failed dismally, failed dismally at my MO. But, um, geez, um, if we, when, we, when we deep dive into the Melbourne Victory second half, we'll probably explain why that happened. That's correct, yeah. And look... It's it's it this the way we talk about this match could sort of unfold in in various ways. I was thinking about dividing up positives and negatives, given how contrasting the first and second halves were in this game. But I just want to, I guess, an overarching comment is that the, I guess the massive disappointment for the occasion. You know, we we had both terraces pumping. You know, and it was fan, there was fantastic noise from both ends. You could get that real sense that fans were just itching to do this again after that long break. And, you know, we made the comment, you know, best in the country by miles. And look, our boys on the park just couldn't deliver. It was a massive kick in the guts. And and while, you know, we mentioned the superb TIFO created for Ben Diaz, fallen member of the North Terrace, you know, uh, let, let's start to talk about, you know, what happened on the pitch, Buds. Because, you know, let's fill our listeners' ears with your thoughts initially. Um, and let's start with the first half. Oh, look, the first half we were all guns blazing. Um, I was a bit, I think the thing I was probably most surprised to see was um, after doing our predictions on how we would line up for the season I was a bit surprised to see Lee Broxham starting in midfield to be honest with you Um, and then we really did get to see um, our man, our new man Callum McManaman just turning it on and he and Nick Ansell who has copped a fair bit from the fans um, look they, they started giving Brisbane a lot of problems down that side and 
Uh, Rojas looked a little bit out of sorts, and we found out he had a niggle, and uh, unfortunately for us, the jam, we, we started very lively, lots of pace, lots of width, lots of crosses into the area to Falami, who's probably not tall enough to deal with them. We played a Rudy Gisted type of game while game plan while Rudy Gisted was on the bench, um, but unfortunately that loudmouth prick that uh, seems to score against us no matter what shirt he's wearing seemed to get a dubious goal again um, Scott McDonald um, it's starting to really piss me off how much this guy scores against us um, and it was a bit of a uh, VAR kerfuffle because it took forever to get the, the goal awarded and then not awarded and then awarded again but at the end of the day it was the right decision because that superstar defender of ours Nick Ansel um, played him on site Yes, he did indeed. And uh, look, I think it is going to end up being a positives and negatives discussion because most of the positives came from that first half. And look, for me, uh, obviously, we, we've got to talk about McManaman uh, to give our listeners out there some hope, I guess. And you look, it was a stunning goal uh, that, that he scored with his left foot, no less. Um, and, you know, he was in that first half involved in a lot of great build-up play. And, and you know, he could have ended up with two goals. You know, it's just a, he was just... Just a slight. It was just a bit unfortunate with how the ball bobbled up to him you know, after Rojas found him centrally late in that first half. You know, but yeah, you know, I, I want to, I guess, talk about a point more broadly about McManaman, uh, but also just compare the impact of the the visa players in in just one game. Um, you know, as a, as a positive talking point for this week, you know, like we've immediately seen some good things from Butterfield and from McManaman. Obviously, Gestead is underdone. He's, you know, only just sort of joined the squad relatively shot and didn't feature, you know, you can't really pass too much judgment on, on Gestead, as I mentioned. Uh, so those are the things to, to be positive about. McManaman, even though, you know, in the second half, he was targeted and obviously Warren Moon adjusted things to you know and they started pressing higher up the pitch and you know restricting the amount of space and movement uh, that our boys could uh, utilize so you know those are the positive things and and a couple other things you know I think Jake Brimmer's corners and set pieces so I think we actually looked and you know we're notoriously uh, unthreatening uh, in in many many years of, of watching Melbourne victory you know we actually look kind of threatening with him uh taking corners you know there were there were quite a few chances in that first half that you know could have seen us 2-1 up potentially even 3-1 up and obviously the the game would have been a different you know we would be talking about things uh in in much different way and much more positively but look coming on to that second half and you know we can dive back into first half occasionally if we want but I thought Warren Moon just completely outcoached Brebner in that second half and that's what it comes down to yeah he did and I suppose the drop-off also came from that these players looked absolutely gassed I don't know I don't know yeah I don't know whose decision it was to continue to play Rojas um ultimately that has to come down to Brebner but then it's coming down to Brebner probably taking advice from whoever is has the 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 medical say so the team doctor um but it just didn't look good even late in the second half for Rojas but yeah you're right um look I've, I've got issues with Broxham in the midfield I, I don't think he looked good in midfield all ACL he looked pretty awful in there 
the other night. Butterfield, as you said, put in a good performance. Brimmer put in a good performance. McManaman put in a good performance. And Traore put in an excellent performance, I thought. Um, but Had another one of his injury scares, as, as, yeah, <laughs> as seems but is customary at the moment. That's, that's about where it stopped for us. Um, we had a lot of players not looking like they were playing around one match, uh, not looking like they were bursting out the gates and looking... Look, honestly, we looked like a team that hasn't really... Let's say we've had a pre-season, but then we had a pre-season and got stuck in lockdown in uh, quarantine for a couple of weeks. So these boys look like they've been short of games. They look like they've been short of training time and they look like they're short on match fitness. And this is the concerning thing for me because my um, my concerns coming into the season were where we were going to get our goals from and our defence. Because as I keep saying, if we're going to be relying on Anderson and Ansel as our starting two, which obviously we know Shotton's going to come in, but we haven't seen a thing. No one knows what kind of condition Shotton's in or how he performs or anything like that. If we're, if we're relying on them as our centre-back pairing, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. No yeah. no two ways about that. Um, I am no Nick Ansel booster, and I'm not going to sit here and rag on him because I've really got nothing great to say, and I'm not going to go down that path so early in the season about it. But, um, look, Storm Brew, you're going to get a brilliant game out of him, then you're going to get an okay game out of him. Um, there are, you know... Most of the things that are said about him are true, whether they're good or bad. Uh, but you know, he's he's a good A League player. He's a good A League player. Um, hopefully, him and McManaman really turn it on on that side because I think McManaman's going to be the pick of the bunch of the signings for us. We just got to hope he stays fit all year because his pace, his trickery, and his shot. Um, he knows where the goals are and he knows how to beat a man. But unfortunately. Um, they're probably the highlights for what I've got to talk about. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll mention Ansel again. The Wenzel Hall goal, he got skinned twice. Mm. Um, for the... Who scored the second one for Brisbane? Was it Gillespie? Their, their centre-half there. Cro- right. Yeah, Crocom wasn't particularly great in mm. that that either. Um, was it un- unfortunate? There's no one that, at the post either. Uh, yeah. You know, when, when that came through, which... Yeah, I, I kind of put that on Crokem because you know it's his job to be marshalling, you know, those set piece defensive set piece. It situations. is, and, and when Rudy Gestead came on, it just looked like the guys forgot about the game plan that they were playing, and they've got this guy who you know, from all the highlights we've seen and all the things we've heard from the the Aston Villa fans and the Middlesbrough fans out there that he's um not particularly you know it's not particularly quick. He's not particularly yeah. great with the ball at his feet, but he's excellent with the ball in the air. And you know, he's he'll be an excellent player to either head goals or bring the ball down or create havoc in the box. And we didn't really get to see any of it. But I don't think we're going to. I don't think you or I are going to judge the big man off that performance. It was <laughs> just look. Unfortunately, with um, with your visa players, you either want them to burst out the box and make a big impact in the league. Or you have to make excuses for them, and unfortunately, we're in the position where we're making excuses for ours, and we just have to hope things get better. But um, yeah. there, I think there is some real deficiencies in this squad. I think it's a better squad than last year, but um, yeah, I've uh, I've got some real reservations about some of our players and the positions they're playing. But um, you know. That's why we're here. We're here to dissect it and we're mm. here to talk about it. And 
We just have to wait for it to unfold. So unfortunately for the Melbourne Victory fans that like to flip their lids after um, after one week of this season and throw everything down the drain, you're not going to get that from here. Um, and you just have to keep your powder dry. But um, yeah, um, yeah. Grant, Grant, Grant Brebner really, really, really did get his ass handed to him by Moon. I, I think... I think, yeah, I touched on that, and I think you're right. Look, there's an issue I see with Brebner's reactions in-game uh, and his ability to kind of sense which way the wind is blowing, you know. Uh, um, and, look, I get that he was hamstrung, you know, with fitness issues to some players, but I just don't buy this fitness thing. Like, so what, why did our second half end up being such a shit show? You know, we've been... I, you know, I know there's some level of excuses there, but, you know, we've been training... Uh, you know, a, a fair bit played some a serious tournament, and you know, I, I'm a little bit, I guess, questioning that. So when Brisbane pressed in that second half, Brebner should have anticipated that. Yeah, you know, and you know, they closed out McManaman. Should have anticipated that. We didn't have a clue uh, in that second half. Constantly coughed up the ball in our own half, and this obviously puts huge pressure on your, your defence. But I think the players also need to take some responsibility for that second half. Um, that the, they play, they they came out, and you could just see in some of those early stanzas that they weren't concentrating. They were just going through the motions. There were basic errors and really a lack of leadership out there. Um, and I thought even you know, like we we the, the lethargy seemed to get even worse when Gestet came on because you know we didn't really quite know how to play him. Uh, and I guess that will come with time, and you, you can anticipate with Rojas. Cruz and players of that ilk that can cross a ball and gee some of the crossing from uh, McManaman you know and some and, and even Rue com- the combination there was, was great you know particularly in that first half but um, look uh, I wanted to talk about a certain guy Corey Brown came back Ugh. to town uh, with more hair and uh, more ability it seems um, he was involved in both of Brisbane's first two goals um, and with that second goal there wasn't as I said there wasn't even a man on that post and you know Croken was poor there um, you, you need the goalkeeper to identify the risk there but uh, Corey Brown yeah I guess it was always always happens to us that player who comes back and bites us yeah well he he generally played okay for Brisbane against us like I remember him scoring up I've, I've gone on look I've been on some horrible away trips at Suncorp I've been to three absolute beltings been a three Brisbane away trips and not even seen yeah, a draw. Yeah, we went on one together. I remember uh, yeah, we got flogged. We've been on two five nils up there, and um, Corey Brown scored in both of them. I'm pretty sure. So he's um, you know, it's it's not unlike him to uh, to perform against us, albeit now he's you know performing against us with a bit of a chip on his shoulder, uh, which yeah, it was a you know he let it allowed us to you know scream at him all night and give shit to him all night but um he got the better of us in the stands um unfortunately so Corey won south end nil which is unfortunate but you know we, we live to fight another day and look the best the best thing the best thing about this there's people bemoaning the fact we're going to play brisbane but there's there's no better test to see what you can to learn the the following week um and then playing the same guys on their patch and Look, if there's anything that we saw from the round one game when they played City, it's their home fans are pissed, so um, it's not going to be too bad um, for it's for our Dolphin Stadium. It'll be a, yeah. it'll be a bit more of a cauldron than Suncorp, you know, ca- cavernous kind of you know, yeah. You know, let's go Brisbane, let's go kind of vibe. 
at that yeah, place, so I think it'll be different. Still the same there, still flogs, you know, there's that bloke there that wears the captain's <laughs> armband. Um, that's that's the kind of that's the kind of fan that our boys will be dealing with up there. But um yeah, look I'm I'm more than happy for us to go and you know, have a crack at them again, and then then I think we've got a two week break after that, which is probably look on the there's two sides of the right. equation. There's there's two sides of the equation there. There's the last thing that this squad, who as we said, look underdone, don't look match fit, look short of a run. The last thing they need is two weeks off. But with um your big with your big signing, or sorry, your big player who we signed last season. Um, on, on a max contract in A-League terms who's avoided a massive injury but he's probably going to be out for three or four weeks with a hamstring or it's a Melbourne victory hamstring so it could be more um, he'll he'll be definitely benefit from those two weeks off so um, we have, we, I, I we have we to see to, it a bit like that I think we need to turn the Bunsen burner up on the club medicos and Grant Brebner and whoever well, else uh, well, ever on since the ROAS, ROAS situation Hmm. Well, ever well, since Crea, he wasn't right. Yeah, and ever since Crea's left as well, our our soft tissue injuries are absolutely phenomenal in a bad way. It's uh, ever since yep. that got ever since that guy's left, um, and everyone within the Australian football fraternity know um, value him for his great strength and conditioning work. Um, ever since he's left, um, and we heard about the uh, fast that was. Uh, the beginning of last season with um, no strength and conditioning people and playing catch-up with half the squad of ageing Europeans. Um, it doesn't seem to have gotten much better and it's just it's such an unfortunate thing that we're also missing Robbie Cruz because really, when you look at the best Melbourne victory side here on paper, and we've seen a couple of glimpses of what the new boys can do, if they actually, you know, got some synergy and had their tails up we'd probably be a threat this year so um that's what i'm I'm hoping we don't leave it too late to bring it together can i surprise you with something but go on go um, on there, there there is a chance there is a chance that robbie cruz could be heading up to brisbane to play this week really Yes, so just a little Twitter nugget that that appeared, you know, via Michael Zapponi about you know, Cruz's readiness. Um, so obviously there is absolutely no way he would start, and you know he might get the fifteen or twenty minutes, but it would actually be quite fitting for the theatre. You were talking about the flog Brisbane fans, but gee, they would give it to him, and I reckon Robbie would soak that up. Just you know, the last fifteen minutes of the game, him putting it on Rudy Gestead's head, hopefully for a, an injury time winner or something like that, would just be supreme. It would be fantastic. But um, let's wait and see on old mate Robbie because uh, there's never anything certain or uh, clear when it comes to his readiness. Uh, sadly, but um, look, I think we've probably uh, given this game the the uh, service that it requires. We've we've sort of delved into some of the good things, some of the bad things. Let's get onto the balls of steel votes for this opening game of the season. Do you want to read them out, buds? Have you got them there? Yeah, mate. Thanks to everyone who threw them in. Um, three for Cal McManaman, two for Jake Brimmer. So no surprises with the top two there. Uh, f- hotly contested for the uh, one vote between 
Butterfield and Adama Traore, and Adama Traore blitzed him. So uh, the three, McManaman, two for Brimmer, and one for Adama. So I have absolutely no issues with those. I think they're pretty spot on, and the FES fans just continue mm. to be the smartest fans so in the smart. A-League. Yeah, exactly. Budza, Independence Day. The A-League is now separate and a separate and distinct entity from the formerly known as Football Federation of Australia, now called Football Australia. And that happened on January 1, so just a few days ago. So the A-League and the W-League, uh, it's, it's, it's now a, 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 you know, a brave new world ahead of us. The clubs now, through their organisation known as the you know, Australian, you know, kind of Top Flight Clubs, I think it has an acronym, it's escaped me for now, Uh, AFPCA or some shit like that, AEPL maybe, but yeah, it's it's now in their hands, the the league, or the leagues, in this case, it's it's up to them, and you know, Vince Regari put out a good article on New Year's Eve about it, you know, there's a lot of belief that this could really change the way in which the league is running. Give the clubs a bit more breathing room to control things and take things into a direction that they see fit, given that it's their product. And you know, this is how it's done in you know in a lot of the successful leagues around the world. You got any thoughts on this, mate? Oh, look, it's 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 not been a messy process at all, has it? It's 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 it's, it's been beautiful. <laughs> taken a little. <laughs> um, you know, I know that you have that quote in the back of your mind quite a bit when we talk about this topic from the lowies on their exit uh, with the be careful what you wish for um look i I don't really have any kind of nows how this is going to play out i don't i don't have any tentacles in grassroots i uh you know i um only hope for the best and just look the first thing i want from an independent a-league is a marketing campaign I want. Yep, yep. I, I just want the league to start becoming a bit more of a professional sports entity, and that's not a, that's not me being disparaging or facetious here. I just, I just think a lot of the time. And look, I don't have the view or the opinion or the, the outlook on the league as someone who's not a hardcore because I am. Like you know, I keep tabs on everything every single day. So of course I know when the first round of the A-League is going to be on. I know every single game that Melbourne Victory is going to play. I know when the NPL season start, but Joe Average doesn't. And if you want to grow the game and you want to get bigger and you want to do all these wonderful things and capitalise and commercial opportunities and all that kind of, you know, things that come with um, you know, being a business and being a league and being a big one and, you know, having these aspirations of being, you know, the Premier League of Asia or blah, blah, or whatever, or, you know, be getting a bigger slice of the pie in Australia, then you've, you've got to let everyone know that it's happening because, 
Um, a lot of people still don't even know that the A-League's on, so I just hope that's one of the big first changes that happens. Um, I know the clubs kind of do their best, and difficult time, really difficult yep. time for anything to happen. So let's hope for the best, and hopefully um, you know, self-interest doesn't cannibalise what could be. Because there's a really yeah. big, uh, there's a really big um, chance of that happening in Australian football. Yeah. So look, and I'm. You mentioned that, that uh, Stephen Lowy quote of "Be careful what you wish for." I've kind of departed a little bit from that because I think if you, I want people to, I guess, picture this in in such a way as that, like for fifteen odd years, the FFA has controlled everything, right? And it's kind of been in a way, and it's kind of become stifled. I feel, and and yeah, I'm not saying that the FFA, you know, have, have done everything wrong, not done everything right either. The the actual acronym I was searching for before was APL. I, I hesitated there because pre A League, that was what the A League was supposed to be called, the Australian Premier League, and I just thought that, that didn't sound right. But it is it is Australian Professional Leagues, and Greg O'Rourke's going to be taking up the commissioner role there and look western sydney wanderers uh, owner and the interim apl chairman who's uh paul letterer you know he's he's come out you know guns blazing he said you know let me put this into one word euphoric he says it's an absolute game changer and a historical moment for our game a monumental change in direction great for fans great for players our commercial partners and excellent for the whole game so to, to his way of thinking, you know, he's obviously going to be bigging it up and everything like that. But, you know, it's really the, the key theme coming out of this. The shackles are off. So a club like Melbourne Victory can now go out and do things its own way. The clubs will have more, I guess, room to move and freedom to invest and do things and branch off, you know, from this kind of cookie cutter template league that it has been for uh, 15 odd years. So, and look... That's enough about that because it leads me beautifully into the topic of the Newcastle Jets uh, and, you know, the first job that this APL mob have, uh, <laughs> yeah, that the, the new status quo has to deal with, is the ownership situation at the Newcastle Jets. So Martin Lee, the uh, Chinese owner of the Jets, has been ditched. Uh, his license has been revoked. And it is three clubs, New South Welsh clubs, that have taken... Uh, ownership for want of a better word of the Newcastle Jets for the next now, roughly two years they're saying now isn't Western United also involved in this so you've got Western Sydney Wanderers Sydney FC uh, Western United I think Western United have a stake in it as well I was bizarre I I, uh, I couldn't believe what I was reading how about they so. focus on their own fucking stadium uh, instead of Newcastle Jets let's, let's just yeah, get your priorities right Western United um, yeah, look, it, it, it it's, you know, I don't want to go over the cliches around Newcastle. Everyone knows, you know, football, heartland, got to have a club there, all that shit. Like, we know that. And obviously these people involved in the APL and the various A-League club owners know this. And they're going to be pouring in some funds to keep them afloat. But it's a bad time to not have an owner. It's a bad time to not have investments because... You know, at the end of the day, it's a luxury. So we'll see just how much business now all these chairmans and owners of A-League clubs have in order to get this shit going for Newcastle. And it all sort of started, yeah, Carl Robinson. 
And every time I think of that name, I think he should be a bloke who was in Neighbours. You know, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, I'm with you. I'm like feeling that. you on that. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, he left and then all of a sudden Bernie Abini, Stephen Ugarkovich, they're all like, you know, oh, we want to go too. And, you know, everyone's throwing their toys out of the pram and Newcastle, the situation just was just this downward spiral the last sort of two, three, four months. Um, and you know what it does? It makes this Friday night... <laughs> Very interesting because the Jets take on the Wanderers this Friday night. I can't wait for that one. Now, I just want all all all, all, all the people in the A League to know that um, all the all the fun and the jibes at um, Newcastle that's coming from our account. It's all Jason. Jason Jason's got a big axe to grind with the Jets. That's right, David Keating and the uh, Jetapool and all the. Um, Jetstream folks uh, who probably don't listen to us, but it's all Jason. He, he just doesn't like Newcastle. No, he doesn't. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. But yeah, he's had some fun, some funny stuff today. Some very funny stuff today. But yeah, look, you know the Newcastle situation. It's just it's bizarre. Um, they've fallen off the biggest cliff since we pinched the uh, the championship off them a couple of years ago. Um, it's it's turned to absolute shit. Dimi, Dimi left, and now today they've got, you know, photoshopped Ugarkovic, who's going to Western Sydney next year. It's already done. It's like a rugby league transfer where he's going to just play the season out knowing that he's going to leave. Uh, the coach is gone, and everyone's getting pinched, and no one's really going there. Um, it's it's sad. Um, I think, uh, you know, a strong Jets is always good for the league. But, um, you know... Uh, not unhappy that there's a team that might be worse than us this year, so it's good. <laughs> they've, they've still got Roy O'Donovan, and yeah. uh, I reckon he's going to get himself a red card this week. It's just got Roy O'Donovan red card written all over this, so he's just going to go in hard on Bernie Abini. I reckon he's going to—he—he would see Bernie Abini as being this little soft little bush. Uh, come here, you little prick! Yeah, I'll fucking yeah. take you. Yeah, he'll, he'll be just like do that. that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This is yeah, so. This is an absolute dream for Fox Sports too, isn't it? They yeah. just got they got New South Wales fucking landlocked pretty much to the rest of the country, and every single fucking game that's going to be on Fox for the next month or so is going to be a derby. It's going to be the four hundred and fifty second F three derby. It's going to be like it's going to be crazy. It's it's, it's literally going to be crazy. It's going to be Sydney derby every week for for the next little bit until their their uh their state can get a hold of um you know what they keep denying they're a, they're a disaster they're a basket case in new south wales absolute basket case yes agreed 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 look uh let's round out some of these other talking points that we were you know talking about earlier um i want to mention the fact that a certain bobo has rejoined sydney fc budza <laughs> uh at a ripe old age of 36 there was a bit of bit of bants going around about how you know recycling and all that the usual <coughs> pardon me stuff that you get <laughs> when this sort of thing happens the bolt is going down bloody well uh bobo's rejoined sydney and look is it a boring signing yes but the bloke can score at this level he monstered the league two seasons running it's a good pickup yeah, I'm. I'm. Look, I'm really loath to ever um, bag the shit out of a thirty-six-year-old uh, who's torn this league apart again after the the couple of years that I gave Bessart Barisha and how he just continues to score. 
So, look, I, I hope he's an abject failure and I hope Sydney, um, as a club, die in a dumpster fire. But, um, yeah, look, <laughs> they got him again. Uh, they, don't, they don't have a problem attracting good strikers, that club. They generally continue to do it. Spot on, mate. And, look, let's talk about the Central Coast motherfucking Mariners. Yeah, they've been good that, to watch, man. They are top of the table, proving all... The experts, wrong. Proving that the, the export, experts don't know what they're talking about. But, yeah, you know, and they have been great to watch. I completely agree. Some great young talent. And look, their foreign legion haven't really yet sort of dipped their toe in the water because I think a couple of their a Polish player and a... Uh, might have been a Slovakian. Do, do you know, do you know what they've got? Do you know what they've actually got? And look, it was highlighted what we don't have by... Know by dickhead uh, was it Slater the other night and even Adam Peacock who's probably the most measured and likeable New South Welshman on the Fox team Um, there's probably no denying that he's a measured um, likeable guy oh I love Peacock yeah yeah, look Peacock you you can't not like him but look it was it was we, we touched on it earlier and we probably probably will need to talk about this more about our side um, about the lack of leadership over the lines now what what they've got at the moment is really good leadership and I've seen I saw it especially in this MacArthur game um, and in the first game um, Oliver Bazanich, the ex-Vuck player has come into that side and he's got international pedigree he's got Socceroos pedigree he's come back from a pretty successful decent and by successful like first team playing every week um, stint in the SPL he was quite liked by the Hearts fans um He's come back to Australia, come back to New South Wales, uh, and he's taken up a big leadership role. You've seen him with, you know, um, Danny De Silva's not the young, you know, prodigy anymore. He's um, still he, young, he, though. Yeah, he's still young. <laughs> like, and you what, saw 23, him, I think. Yeah, and you saw him, you know, taking putting an arm around and pointing to where, you know, Nisbet should go and Stensness, and you know, he's got De Silva there, and they've had this young boy, Quoll, who has just absolutely lit it up over the last two games. Uh, Jack yep, Clisby yep. hasn't looked like an absolute moron that he has in the past. And you've got um, ex-City player Tongnik in there, and you've also got ex-Vuck boy Stefan Negro in there. So what they've had is energy. That's what I've noticed that um, you know that I wish that we had shown in uh, the the second half was just energy and resil- resilience. And you know they've they've yeah. scored they've scored some great late goals and they've won. And uh, it's uh, completely unbelievable. You know it's very early in the season and we're getting cock a hoop about you know about a, a club that everyone's um, you know expecting to finish bottom probably for the you know seventh season in a row but um good signs good signs and Stajic can coach man absolutely yeah and six points out of six no goals conceded uh it's great for the league it's great to see and look but the big for, for me the big talking point out of this and you know a lot of pundits out there far better than me have, have brought this up based on what alan Stajic has, has talked about that this scenario of covid has resulted in A-League clubs being forced through necessity to put more young kids out there on the pitch. Uh, yeah, and whilst yeah, it, it's, I guess, counter, it's not yeah, counterintuitive, as in because we, we're used to, I guess, seeing a bit more of the, the, the dial being shifted in the other direction, you know, and uh, yeah, 
this will actually stand us in good stead as a nation, uh, seeing well, more if, kids getting these opportunities. Well, if, if you know, we, we talk about them being the worst performed club, probably more Socceroos have come out of that club in the last 10, 10 or so years out of the A-League than most other A-League clubs. Pretty much. Out of CCM. Long-serving long Socceroos, yeah. It's, it's unbelievable the amount of Socceroos like that have come out there. Ryan. Yedinak, Ryan, um, Rogic. Yeah. Like Amini. <laughs> it's been... <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's been decent. Line. Yeah. It's been decent. We've probably missed one or two there as well. Um, but no yeah, it's uh, quite 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 impressive what they're they're able to do with um, you know, the limited resources they've got. But yeah, I uh, I can't wait to play them and belt them. Good luck, Mariners, and hope it continues, except against us, of course. And last thing in tidbit sort of land is Melbourne City have offloaded Harrison Delbridge, old Del Boy's on his way. He's off off to Singapore to play for Aurelio Vidmar's Lion City Sailors. Uh, and according to the World Game, uh, City have already got... A replacement lined up, a mysterious Portuguese defender that's about to be announced. He's serving his quarantine period as we speak. Del Boy, as much as I hate City and everything, to me is a bit of a loss for the league. I uh, love his red cards. He was box office, wasn't he? He really was box office. There was a there was a little bit of a um, you know, little bit of bait out there in the end of last season that he was up for grabs, but his uh, his salary demands were just a bit ludicrous for. Somebody who's so um, predisposed to red cards and um, the occasional calamity, but geez, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have minded seeing him in our centre half position over Nick Ansel, but I digress. I digress. <laughs> You're not wrong. I mean, look, we we've gone for Dylan Ryan on loan, who we didn't really talk much about. Um, I think I think Ryan and you know to come back to Buck just briefly, Ryan and Shotton will be. The first choice, I think, you know, your, all your concerns about Ansel will fade a little bit, uh, injuries notwithstanding. But um, look, let's hope let's hope we can get that situation sorted. And look, the last thing, really, buds, unless you have any other points to talk about, is the game round two game for us, or round three in the A League though, uh, game against Brisbane Raw at Dolphin Stadium, uh, and it's at six o'clock on Sunday, six p.m. Melbourne time. Uh, I agree with you. It is a good litmus test, a good chance for us to say, okay, let's put what happened at Amy Park behind us, come out and correct what happened, you know, and and come out with a bit more vigour. And maybe that means we see Brebner take a few more risks and potentially not, I guess, have this kind of, conservative approach that we saw in that second half. Uh, and look, obviously Rojas won't play, uh, but we could potentially see Cruz. And there's a chance for him to here to kind of prove us wrong uh, in terms of him being outcoached by Moon. Uh, there's a chance for him to actually set that straight. What do you reckon? Oh, yeah, there's a, there's a big chance for him to to show everybody that what he's made of as a coach obviously we we know that Grant Brebner is um, an untried and untested coach and I think most of us were pretty happy for him to be given the opportunity now if if we're going to do that we have to give it to a favorite son but um 
it just depends how these players want to come out as well. I I I really am concerned if the uh, the front three of Champions McDonald and Wenzel Hall want to want to jump us. They're fast, like you know. Scott McDonald's not fast, but Scott McDonald's getting service that That's you know, right. a, a, pl- a player of his nous and um, ability just needs to you know be standing in the right spot and um, you know Akbari's been one who's you know th- it's just full of ex Vuk players you know we we could have held on to him we didn't they took him back and he looks like he's actually grown bigger he's got he looked bigger. bigger didn't he he does <laughs> he looks he looks bigger and muscular he's starting to grow into his body. Um, he was one that was, you know, ne- never getting a go under previous managers, and didn't get a go when we got him here. And uh, a, lo- a lot could be said about giving um, Dylan Wenzel Halls a run, which Robbie Fowler never did. And that kid is a jet, and I think everybody really knew that he was a jet. Now, Joey Champness, uh, his music sucks, but his uh, football ability is actually quite good, um, and he's gotten bigger and leaner as well. So they- they're quick and dynamic, Brisbane Roar, and. Jesus, uh, goal Dan- against us was just out, out, outstanding. Like, mm. like we didn't we didn't mention that third goal, but he tore us to shreds. I think we briefly touched on it, but he just it was just phenomenal, and you can see why uh, the Raw fans love him so much. Yeah, and look, you've got Dan Zaki and Jay O'Shea, and like Brisbane are actually they're probably going to be the dark horse of the season. Based actually, on that game, yeah. They, oh, they, yeah, and they, look, their, their game against City wasn't too bad in round one either. Um, they've they've got a capable squad which could actually do anything on its day. So this Melbourne victory side, I mean, if 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 Rojas is gone and Cruz comes in, it'll be interesting to see how do you think we'll shape up. How do you think we will? Uh, um, you know, how do you think our formation will line up if Cruz comes in? Do you think we'll see a big man, little man? With Rudy Gestead and Falami start up, and look, another kid that probably I would have liked to see get a minute the other night was um, Burden Kadar. So it's um it's really really interesting. I just think look, I think the thing I don't want to see is, and it sounds like sacrilege to say it, but I don't really want to see Broxham starting in that midfield. I have held off on this. Because we love Brox, I love Brox, the fans by and large love Brox, but I think what we saw on Saturday night is that he can't be in the starting lineup. Um, and I don't say that lightly because I think he's such a soldier, but I do think we need a bit more verve and energy. I, I'd like to see Brimmer and Butterfield play the, the flat part of that 4 2 3 1. And then we all. are in front. Yeah, I would like. Yeah, yeah, I need to see that too. So, look, if you're getting Robbie Cruz back, you could you could mount an argument for him to be that leadership that we need. But I just look. I think if if you're going to get rid, if you're going to get rid of Brox, um, the void in leadership that we're already you know see yeah yeah the we're already seeing you you've got to bestow it on. Butterfield, Some, mate. Well, I was just going to say, I was going to say, you've you've got to give it to the second gamer, um, and and Why say, here go, here go, mate, lead the club. Here's your time. So, I, I yeah, he's thirty, it, yeah, he's peak peak of his powers, really, in terms of his age, his pedigree, his experience. Uh, he, he's that sort of player where in the position on the field where you can sort of marshal and, and guide those out there. And I saw that what 
yeah, the, the way he was playing. You know, neat, tidy passes. You know, maybe that's the decision that has to be made. So yeah, you mentioned uh, Cruz. If he ends up travelling, he's not going to start. So it'll be Camp Sober uh, on that left side, Ooh. McManaman on the right. Settle down. <laughs> and, uh, no, it will be. It will be. And uh, yeah, we know. Unless, we know. Uh, unless, unless. Grant Brebner decides to completely shake things up, go four, four, fucking two, and play Falami and uh, Gested from the get go. Now, people talk about big man, little man. Falami's actually 5'11, I think, or roughly thereabouts. So, I mean, he looks obviously compared to Gested, he's the little man, but I don't think he plays like that zippy kind of, you know, Andy Johnson or Michael Owen type striker. It's not, it's not like little man in that regard but 442 buds what do you think oh look if Brebner's gonna you know rely on his uh more experienced uh, offsider in Kino to uh to offer a uh, an opposing opinion or you know a, a, an experienced opinion about what he should do um, it's not out of the realms of a uh, ex Blackburn manager to stick a little four four two in the uh, in the Christmas mm. stocking, is it? Not at all. Look, uh, I think we are done and dusted for uh, for this week, and I think uh, we're gonna let Jace muddle his way through editing this when he gets a moment between uh, wiping nappies and uh, delivering bottles Be- and whatever being else spewed on. Yep, all of the above. Uh, Jace, mate, uh, hopefully we did this uh, some service uh, in your absence. You, and, uh, you did you did very well, Dave. Uh, you did very well. You've held, you've held this ship together. I'll, I'll definitely do another podcast with you. Oh, that's nice to hear, mate, uh, because uh, we don't have many other options <laughs> out there at the moment. Look, you know, Jace has been the glue uh, of this podcast. You know, like, I mean, you know, Buds and I have been part of it as well, but uh, you know, he does all the editing and you know drives the discussion and everything like that. So hopefully we uh, managed without him reasonably well. And look, um, not much else to say other than Mon the Vuck. Mon the Vuck. <laughs>